Borak Thong Earthlets, my name is Conrad alongside my friend Fox. This is the 13th episode of Space Spinner 2000, the podcast where two Americans try to make sense of the UK's own greatest galaxy's greatest comic, 2008, a month of frogs at a time. But last episode, we reached the end of 1977 in our Prague timeline, and we thought we'd take an episode to do a retrospective of the year in Prague's for the first year of 2008. We'll try to make a thing of this as we go through the years of Sun Space Spinner 2000. But to commemorate this year, we're giving out awards for a number of categories. Welcome to the first Spinnies! Oh, yes! Yes, Spinnies! (laughs) (laughs) You excited, Fox? Are you wearing your your podcast tuxedo? I know I am. Oh, absolutely. I'm not nestled uh, into warm blankets sitting on my bed with pillows on my back for support. I'm, in fact, in full regalia on a podium. Well, that's uh, the thing. It's uh, a podcast tuxedo. It, well, it's, it's like, how you know, they say like a Canadian tuxedo is like a, a, a jeans and a jean shirt and like a yeah. jean jacket. Yeah, I think yeah. a, a podcast tuxedo is like pajamas and a robe, basically. Oh, God. <laughs> That's what I'm wearing. So oh, Perfection. <laughs> so we've got five categories, and let's get to it, all right? All right. Category one, best art. Ooh. So all of these cover basically the first, the first calendar year of 2000 AD. So in this case, uh, February to December 1977, mm-hmm. and Prague's one through 45. So... We're each going to list our top three and our number one, if you know, whether in order, if you have a top one. And if you are a creator, if you're like an artist or an author from 2000 AD in this era, and we name you, please, please contact me either at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com or on Twitter at spacespinner2k or on Instagram or on Facebook at just spacespinner2000. Let me know, and I will send you a spinny. Yeah. It, is a, it will be a golden space spinner equivalent. It will be fantastic and suitable for uh, framing. And please, I'd love to, I'd love to give people um, these awards because we really we're having a this is our thirteenth episode. It's we're having a great time with all these comics. Yeah, and seriously. I mean, we'd love I, to honor the creators. You know. Exactly. I uh, I've never read something from this era whatsoever. Um, and certainly being someone who rarely follows this sort of thing, I mean, these are, these are really precious, like, memories, and, uh, I really enjoyed yeah. them so far. Yeah, sorry to preempt that in the best, when I said best art, but I wanted just to make sure that, you know, we made yeah. it clear. If your name is, if your name is announced, contact me, I will get you an award. <laughs> On our dime. So with that, uh, Fox, what is your best art for 1977 in 2008? So um, a few of these, I don't really have lists. Uh, I actually knew exactly what uh, almost immediately when I thought of uh, best art. So um, mine actually goes to the original run of Dan Dare. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so uh, Dan Dare during this time, uh, the script was... Ken Armstrong, Pat Mills, uh, and Kelvin Gosnell. Uh, artists were Massimo uh, Bellardinelli, yeah. uh, Bill Nuttall, Jack Potter, and Peter Knight. Um, really amazing stuff. I, I actually like the biogs and most of that, 
like visual um i don't know just like the the line work was really beautiful it was really intensely organic and when they put color to it it was even more intense plus like just the way that they looked at like had spacecraft look the way that they made uh, Martians look, you know, these tall sort of like regal elf-like characters. Mm-hmm. Everything was like really detailed and felt very retro to the 70s, right? So we're talking like 50s kind of feel to it. But still, obviously, the biogs are like intensely psychedelic and uh, like really creepy. And I don't know, like yeah. that whole series i really felt had a really great visual style and it was something that i brought up often yeah um i, I actually all this stuff all of that dander stuff was just matt massimo bellardinelli um he's oh really right good. the others were like guys were like the art like the letterers and stuff yeah he's a mm. bellardinelli's a really good like yeah spanish artist and he's just gonna take us through a ton of two or early 2000 ad stuff especially his big thing is going to be ace trucking, which is just going to be ace trucking so good. But and he passed away st- in two thousand seven. Yeah, but still a ways away for us in our timeline. But it's a God. lot of fun. I'm going to buy one of his prints if I can ever get a hold of one. Cool, I'm sure they're out there. He was, you know, all these comic guys are super um, prolific and stuff. I love this. So I have three for my t- for, for for my best art um, in order. Mm-hmm. Um. First off is just Shaco in general, so primarily Roman Sola and uh, Juan Arancio. Awesome. I, I just love their nature pictures of, of, of Shaco doing stuff like this. There's this one picture of, like, Shaco throwing a seal up in the air and, like, eating it and stuff. That's really mm. cool. Or, like, when he fights the walrus and stuff. Those are really awesome. Um, then my number two is... Flesh, which is by Boy and then uh, Roman Sola again, just because all those pictures of dinosaurs and stuff were so cool. I just absolutely this art of cowboys and dinosaurs is so neat that <laughs> it's really I, awesome. And you can really tell the love, like in yeah, the actual writing of it, especially when you compare it to like that uh, the flesh story we had in the summer special. You really see that it's people who are caring about what they're drawing in terms of these crazy man eating dinosaurs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and then my number one, my top art for this first year of 2000 AD is like the first half or so of the first Harlem Heroes story, which is oh, by yeah. Dave Gibbons. And he just draws these really intense, like realistic, like really awesome, like the way he draws the heroes and stuff makes them all look different and makes the action really gut, like, you know, pulse pounding and amazing and then occasionally they just give him a chance to like draw these big future scapes of like right. the transatlantic tunnel or like the uh oh. the the uh hall of future sports and stuff it's all really neat and really amazing and really different than anything else either in this con or just sort of in general in sort of the late 70s that i thought was really amazing no it really is gorgeous and i think each one of those absolutely deserves its merit yeah cool yeah, so that's me, uh, Dave Gibbons for all of yours is my number one. But, oh, yeah. All right, so next category. Category two, best story. So what do you got, Fox? All right, so I've actually got three for this. They're all oars. Mm-hmm. So um, much like you, I'm actually going to go from kind of the last on my list to the top. Yeah. So uh, the the third slot goes to the Call Me Kenneth 
storyline from uh, Judge, Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd Robot Wars, very nice. Oh yeah, man. Like that stuff was <clears throat> really great. Uh, love me some uh, evil, uh, you know, Nazi robots yeah. to destroy. And at the same time, have this weird overtone of like making robots slaves again. Yeah, like really intense stuff. Um, For sure, really liked it a lot. Um, second place goes to Invasion, which uh, I mean, the the stories are vignettes and they're ridiculous and it's schlock, and that's kind of why I love it. I really love it <laughs> so. Very yeah. much, it embraces itself so early on, and what it's what makes this early comic so like satiating for mm-hmm. me. Every time I, I eat it, it's like the it's yeah. the caramel center, you know. <laughs> and then, what's but your number one? My number one is the Harlem Heroes. Uh, nice. It, it ended in my mind much more rushed and poorly than I would have liked. I know that they were ramping up for Inferno, but most of that comic was an interesting journey where I felt bought in and I felt excited to read sure. it every time. So. Yeah. Harlem Heroes was written by uh, Tom Tully oh. and Pat Mills in episode one. Thank you very much. No worries. I'm going to get the rest of yours on mine, actually, so don't worry about it. <laughs> for for me, for best story, my number three is Invasion, just kind of in general, mm-hmm. um, which is written by uh, Gary Finley Day. Um, Invasion's so good, and it's just a great... I love how they always have it almost at the start. It's just a great way to open it. I'm just saying, hey, we're here. It's, sci- it's time for ridiculous sci-fi action. <laughs> it's just you. It, it's a it, yeah. You know, it's so um, it's so giddy and it's violence, and then it's just the ridiculousness of this sort of concept of these, you know, commie Nazis taking over <laughs> England, and then you know, a blue collar guy fighting back against them. That it, it's a good way of just maybe not easing you in, but just telling you like, Hey, like relax, buddy. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to yeah. have some fun. Like right? we're here and we're going to have a laugh and there's going to be action in it and it's going to be a good time. And just don't stress too much because this guy is a shotgun and he's taken down hundreds of dudes and that's <laughs> fine. Taking <laughs> ships and blimps and stuff like that. Yeah. In the same, uh, sort of vein, my number two is just the, the story of Shacko. Yeah, by, uh, by Pat Mills and and John Wa- and and John John Wagner. Um, you know, it's this sort of the same thing of this sort of giddy violence, but just like the concept of like we're making this murderous bear. The bear is going to be the hero. <laughs> like the CIA guys and the white men, the Eskimo guys are going to be at best neutral, if not the actual bad guys. He's going to kill everything. <laughs> it's going to be super violent and like unapo- <laughs> and unapologetic about it. Um, was so amazing to me that like, you know, Shacko is like, it's for me, it's really the mascot of these early 2000 AD frogs. So just like, this is what's going on with it. You know, a murder bear. Yeah. yeah. And then my number one is, uh, the robot wars storyline, by, by, awesome. by John Wagner in judge dread. Um, you know, it's the first big long-term storyline for judge dread. Mm-hmm. It does all this stuff with these robots it's got this subversive element, like you said, like how it's basically slave masters putting down a slave revolt. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to root for the slave masters, and they kind of do stuff to make you feel uncomfortable about it. Yeah, in um, a big way. And like, you know, 
so it's not just so it's not just this triumph. It's also like, huh, like what's going on with this comic? What's it making me think? What's it making me feel? You know. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but it's also just got all this stuff. It's Judge Dredd's world. All this stuff with these sort of wacky robots. All this like it, it, it introduces Texas City just sort of offhand. You know. Exactly. Like it, it's, it's got very exciting. Like and for better or for worse, it gives us Walter who. While mm-hmm. I don't really like him, he's going to be just a really big character in the early 2000 AD. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's still important that way. I think, in general, it just makes it a great story. I agree. I and, agree. like, and just, like, the evil of Call Me Kenneth of just being so over the top <laughs> and stuff is crazy and really good. And, like, how it escalates and there's just, like, armies of judges fighting armies of robots and stuff. It's neat. <laughs> I think so, and it um, at least like when you were first originally describing going through this whole all these progs with me, you had said like this is kind of the start of when you start to see Judge Dredd get like awesome in terms. Yeah, of Yeah, I mean, for me with Judge Dredd, it's sort of there's the sort of daily like one shot dreads, and then there's these huge, you know, fifteen thirty issue arcs that that he does. You know, we're getting. Mm-hmm real close to the next one where he goes into the cursed earth and that's so amazing and this first one is just sort of it's a harbinger of things to come <laughs> and that makes it's it really great. nice in this first year of 2000 AD you know what I mean yeah oh man I'm excited yeah so uh, let's go to category 3 best overall thrill what do you got Fox alright I think <clears throat> If you've been listening to this, or Conrad, if you know me, exactly what this is going to, it is absolutely going to flash. Nice. Best overall thrill. Um, The script was by Pat Mills, Ken Armstrong, Studio Gelotti, or Geolotti, Kelvin Mm. Gosnell, art by Boykes, Roman Sola, Felix Carrion, and letters by Bill Nuttall, Jack Potter, Jay Swain, S. Richardson, John Aldridge, Peter Knight, Bensberg, Tony Jacob, and Tom Fame. Something tells me being a letterer is not super fun. Yeah, you know, so many words. You gotta write them all down. Do all the uh, all the panels and stuff. It's a uh, it's an often ignored art form for sure. Wow, jeez. Well, anyway, um, I mean, really, why does this deserve best overall thrill? So when I came into this comic and decided to do it with you, um, I was pretty skeptical. Um, <laughs> like, you're telling me these setups, like, ah, there's going to be dinosaurs and cowboys. Um, there's going to be, like, this guy who's in, who's fighting off this invasion force. There's a super soldier who's basically the million-dollar man. And I'm like, ah, comic books. Right, like, I, I mean, gotta um, read this stuff. Yeah, and like, and, like cowboys and dinosaurs is always my go-to with um, 2000 AD is like is like nothing you're familiar with if you think you know yeah. comic books just as superheroes. You know what I mean? Exactly, and like that was probably the most curious thing for me. So you know, I I read it and checked it out, and for like an issue, I didn't necessarily enjoy it, and then it just grows on you immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, it's exactly what it sits out to be. It's unapologetic about it. It's a serious, like, it's a drama, 
it's not like a funny haha. Although there are some like lighter fare moments. Like I mean, I guess this isn't light fare, but where a dad slaps a kid for being mouthy, um, and then that kid gets eaten like yeah. a dinosaur. Absolutely. But, but you know, and it's it's. I still believe to this day that it was a death allegory, um, <laughs> and I still also. I don't know. I just find it completely fascinating um, inside these early progs as an incredible example of great storytelling and awesome schlocky action. Nice. <laughs> yeah. For me, I have a top three again. Um, my number three is Invasion. Sort of for the reason I said before, just like of it, be, of it being such gleeful and giddy, monstrous action. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's just really sort of has a concept and just stays true to that and just goes balls to the wall every single time. <laughs> really does. Uh, next up is uh, Judge Dredd. I will, you know, Judge Dredd's kind of the reason for the season when it comes to 2000 AD. Yeah, um, no doubt. And while I do think it's still kind of, you know, it's still finding its legs a little bit, I think we're still seeing an evolution from sort of skinny Dredd to the Dredd that I sort of know nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a lot of fun, and still just, like, the world they're creating in it is really awesome, and the Dread character is developing, and all this stuff. I mean, this is sort of a hindsight thing, looking back, of what even Dread will become in the thousand or so progs I've read from here is really neat. <laughs> and, like, seeing this proto-Dread really makes me be like, oh, man, like, it's so much of it's here from the very start. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. And then my number one absolute thrill is Shaco. Um, Hell yeah. Shaco's just like, it's got all the stuff that's invasion, but even more so just because it's so, it's really subversive in its, you know, and again, just having the protagonist be a murderous polar bear. (laughs) And just the idea of saying like, yeah, there's this bear and it just sort of kills people and wanders around and overcomes every obstacle in its path and stuff makes it really makes it really fun and makes it sort of you know it's really one of those stories that for fox you know so fox and me work together um and occasionally we'll just start talking randomly about these characters or these stories that we're covering <laughs> just to kind of freak people out that don't listen to the podcast and don't know what's going on and stuff yeah and shacko is really a go-to just in terms of like confusing and being like <laughs> What's happening? But just being a, such a crazy, fun, like science fiction, like a science fiction story that's also just like about a bear. Like it's not <laughs> a tech bear. It's not a mutant bear. Like it eats the capsule, but the capsule doesn't give it. It doesn't give it powers or anything like that, right? It's yeah. just a bear that has a survival instinct and a heart full of rock and roll, and that's basically it. You got to eat. Yeah, and that's you know, and it just keeps going, and so I really like. I think that's a really cool, and I really like Shacko's just sort of like stick, to, you know, his like power, his ability to do things, um, his ability to trick Eskimo kids into helping him. But generally, like, oh my god, for me, like, you know, I said early on in Shacko that the thing about Shacko is that he's got the same power that Bill Savage has in terms of just his being unrealistically invulnerable, I guess. Yes, <laughs> and it's so cool to see that on someone who's not just, you know, the same sort of character, just some, maybe some blue collar dude that's had enough or something like that. You know, now it's a, it's a bear that's going to eat people. And like, <laughs> so, I keep going back to that, but it keeps being awesome. So I don't yeah. know. 
So is is uh, Shaco just a black Philip? Does he whisper into Eskimo's ears and make them do evil things? I think he just sort of is cute enough to handle it, you know? <laughs> That's true. He sort of does his bare face, and you don't notice the fact that, like, half your town is... That the blood of half your town is also in his fur, you know? You just smell it on him. <laughs> yeah, I love Shaco. so fun. It's an amazing journey. And... It's also one of these ones that just never comes back. You know, this is a forgotten 2008 story. That's in a way weird. that's bad. Yeah, in a way that a lot of the stories we've talked about in this program or in this award show aren't. You know, I mean, Judge Dredd comes back forever. Like in 2008, as we're re- as we're recording this now, they're rerun it. They sort of have new stories of invasion and new flesh stories. Um, awesome. You know, which is all that's really great. I love it, you know? But, yeah, dude. You know, and, like, Harlem Heroes kind of comes back now and then. They've sort mm-hmm. of, they really messed it up in the 90s, and it's going to be a real debacle if we ever get to it. Oh, but, no. Uh, but Shaco just sort of exists in this, like, 19, in, you know, in 20 progs in 1977, you know? <laughs> <laughs> if you kind of don't go back there, then you won't really see them again, you know? The only oh, time Shaco, God, it's so awesome, though. Like, the only time Shaco comes back is in this um, storyline in a story called Armored Gideon, and all of it, the situation behind it is so complicated, I can't explain it to you. <laughs> I have no well, I'm sure we'll get it. there. I mean, maybe. It's like in probably like 800 or something like that. Ah, we'll get there. But, um, yeah, but otherwise, it's just sort of this forgotten thing, and it's too, and it's too bad. Like, if I could do one thing, it's for, um, like, someone like Pat Mills or, or, or John Wagner, those guys that are still trucking along in 2008 to walk into um, Matt Smith, who's the editor of 2008, walk into their office and say, just smack something down on his desk and say, that, that's a Shaco 2 on it. <laughs> like, that would be my dream. <laughs> it's uh, a, it is an incredibly great story. But, you know, I mean, that's just sort of how it goes. But yeah, okay. <laughs> so, with best overall thrill done, let's talk about best... Let's talk about category four, best month. So I thought we'd sort of do like what's one, like what episode of um, this podcast, like what um, what month of progs of 2000 AD is like the best month so far, just of this year. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we don't have to compare these to other two other months later on and stuff like that. I just want to kind of talk about like what is the best combination of thrills in one year. That is, of course. Uh, is, uh, is the best. So what do you think for that, Fox? So uh, mine is June 1977. What's in June 1977? So um, here are the specific reasons that I wanted to write down. Okay? Do it. So invasion has danger acid. Oh, yes. Um flesh is wrapping up at this point and the mm. thrills are getting really good like spider bites murdering people oh yeah the spiders start coming from the floor and stuff mm. that's good one um dan dare is ending fairly soon we're starting to see wrap-ups with the mecon which is like a good thing and a bad thing right like i'm missing the art but i'm not gonna miss dan dare mm-hmm. um and so like things are slowly starting to wind down with mecon uh, and, um, of course, 
nothing would be complete without a palate cleansing. This is when Mach 1 has reached pinnacle racism. <laughs> and so one of the reasons that I suggest reading it, just because it's like, what the fuck happened here? Yeah, this is the one um, where um, they go to that base of the copy of the U.S. Capitol in the, yeah, the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> like there's that and then and then the last prog actually is very enjoyable because it ends with ski fighting and murder commandos oh yeah and that's where he fights the yetis too or the, yep. in that month that's where he fights the yetis <laughs> yep and um in during this time dread is in the full swing of call me kenneth mm. so i personally find that one like you've got like this good mix of like when it's on it's on but like uh, what I remember and what I really love about reading this stuff early is that you'd hit these like really great beats and then just one of those stories would just be like, ah, this sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that was always like the, the I wanted to see what what was inside of the, the shit ball of candy. And uh, <laughs> I was surprised most of the time. So this was this was a really good like, I feel like on thrill side and just on shock value. <laughs> <laughs> so, how about you, Conrad? Nice. By the way, June 1977 is episode four of Space Spinner 2000, mm-hmm. if you want to hear it. Um, my favorite is uh, September 1977, which is episode eight of the podcast. Nice. So, we ju- um, September is, that's the one with invasion where they break out of the Scottish get- ghetto, and then they, the invasion, they, 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 they go to the mountains and they kill dudes with ski poles. Oh, Yeah. Um, it's the one with Rico Dredd. Mm-hmm. It's uh, where Shaco gets kidnapped by the Russians, and he wanders around this Russian ship, like killing tons oh, of dudes. God. He pushes right. a guy into a big vat of bubbling whale oil and kills him. Like that's so good. <laughs> oh God, murderlicious. Yeah, it's uh, when Dan Dare. Re- it's the return of you know. It's a new model Dan Dare with a coat with a new coat and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's where um, Mach One kind of. Refines its, re, you know, regains its feet. I'd say as sort of a space comic, where it does some deep space stuff, and then it fights the aliens and close encounters of the, of the third kind and stuff. Oh yeah, where he um, he beats that kid's dad for being a jerk because right. his kid's got a lisp. <laughs> Such yeah. garbage. And then just like sort of how Mach One was kind of a palate cleanser to you to kind of bring you back down to earth or whatever, mm-hmm. it had sort of these future shocks that I found really <clears throat> poor, but. Sort of, in oh, the yeah. end, just kind of make it be like, yeah, like, you know, but they're still sort of developing stuff, so there's still room to improve and things like that. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. just kidding. That wasn't actually my best month of progs. That was the summer special. Booyah, mic drop. Oh, my God. Just for the <laughs> stamps article, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, just so, kidding. That was horrible. The summer special <laughs> was absolutely abhorrent. But so our last uh, category, category five, best year. You know, we only have one. It's just 1977 at this point. So I guess that's the best year. Having just read 1977's Progs, 1977 is the best year of 2008. <laughs> Congratulations, 1977. <laughs> Big ups, 1977. Um, you fucking nailed it. You know, we'll come back. This is the category I really, I'm really interested to come back to, you know, 15 episodes from now or whatever, <laughs> where we have sort of a full... 1978 to talk about and compare with this year you know exactly um so this is sort of you know i just want to be a placeholder um just so that we don't um yeah just so that we don't you know so 
next year or at the end of the 1978 when we come back um no one's like hey but this comes out of nowhere or whatever yeah exactly so congrats 1977 you're ensuring us that no one can really complain i mean 1977 is a good it feels like a good start to this stuff you know what i mean oh yeah i mean i certainly have enjoyed at least 85 percent of the progs yeah that's a good i've heard worse i've heard way worse ratios really i can't imagine they're really good of like of like comic books i mean oh oh, yeah yeah rock stuff i mean i don't know i don't want to make bold claims about sort of certain years of 2000 ad there's definitely (laughs) some years that are considered to be lean years but Mm. we'll see how it goes all right cool (laughs) yeah that's us yeah so you know and uh hey if you're reading along with the podcast and you've just read the first year of 2000 you want why not let us know uh you know cut send us an email at uh, spacespinner2000 at gmail.com or uh, hit us on Twitter at spacespinner2k or hit us on space on uh, face, Facebook or Instagram at spacespinner2000. And again, you know, if you're a creative guy that was involved with these things, if you, if you a genre-defining artist or a lowly letterer, let us know and I will definitely send you uh, as many spinnies as required. That this is my this is my du- uh, duty and diligence. I will I will make it happen. And hey, you know they uh, they really do soar, just like in the ad <laughs> or something. I don't know. They're amazing. <laughs> I mean, you'll be able to get like at least a couple seconds of decent flight out of these before mm. they decide to fall to the ground. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so tune in next week. As we'll begin the new year in January 1978, we'll begin the showdown on planet Starslay. Oh my God! Uh, we'll keep the we'll have the uh, temporary hiatus for Mach One. It'll be away for a, a couple months. D- uh, Judge Dredd is on the moon dealing with Mister Moody, and then the uh, the. 2100 Olympics begin, and the Soviets are up to no good. Ah, damn Ruskies. Rosa Volgaska is on the loose in invasion. <gasps> and dealing with meteors will be the least of the of the Harlem Hellcats' problems in Inferno. Damn. Also, we'll begin a brand new thrill. Break out your sunscreen. It's time for The Visible Man. <laughs> what? Yeah, man. His uh, his skin and muscles are clear. Oh, so he's just a big sack of organs and stuff. Gross. Yeah, that's basically the thing about the story. <laughs> <laughs> he's on the run. All right. Yeah, all that and more on the next episode. Until then, I'm Conrad Eastbox. We are Space Spinner 2000. Splendug Verthrig. Splendug Verthrig. <laughs> <laughs>